listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. Ladies and gentlemen, in the history of claps to start a podcast, that was by far the best clap that's ever happened. It's probably because there's only two of us. So ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, but not really children of all ages. If you're listening to this and you're under like five years old, you, first of all, how do you get access to a podcast? That's just the first question that I got for you. But I want to say thanks for coming back. Welcome to the team room. There's only two of us. You'll see it here on the YouTube as you go check it out. But boy, do we have a good one for you this week. We're going to start off, as always, by saying thanks to everybody that follows, engages, gets on the Instagram, checks out the YouTube, go over and check out our website. We got big news and merch coming down the line very soon, as the kids would say, V soon. We're, we got a lot of uh, things that we're cooking up for you, and, and all as always, we're listening to and anything that you say on the comment section or in the DMs or giving us your ideas. So, hey, thanks very much. Go share it. Hit that like, subscribe button tell your friends about it. And uh, man, we drop on Saturdays. So come check us out. We also want to say thanks. As you see Peaches, it's early where Chief Peaches is. It's late where where I am here. But man, we want to say thanks to a bunch of our partners, specifically this time, Trench Coffee. Man, Trench Coffee, highly delicious. I've been drinking the Cowboy Blend for like a week straight now. We got a five pound bag of their their fresh roasted Cowboy Blend out here. It's my favorite one. So that's a strong one. That for the team. <laughs> that's a really uh, dude, strong that's one. Exactly. I know. That's exactly why I like it. And it is fresh. It blooms up. If you've been checking out my stories, you've seen the trench as I do my pour over out here. So I may be deployed, but I still have standards as far as coffee goes. And Trench Coffee lives up to those standards. So thanks to the dudes at Trench, the dudes and dudettes at Trench. Man, you guys are great. They actually got me my first bag for free because they have a program where you can buy a bag for a deployed service member. So man, go check it out. Throw in the code ones ready at checkout and uh, support trench coffee. They're awesome. So man, a, a raising tide, a, a rising tide raises all boats and trench coffee is one of those boats that we want to, we want to help out. So anything you got to say uh, on trench there, chief? No, he's a good friend of mine, Jeff. Um, I mean, he's a combat controller and he's been killing it out there in Vegas. So keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Yeah, get it. Yeah, and we appreciate the love downrange, man. The whole team digs it. So, yeah, and the cowboy blend, man. Yeah. It ain't no joke. Puts hair on you're your trying, chest. You're trying, Even if you don't want chair, yeah, hair on little, your chest. <laughs> <laughs> little little hitch in your giddy up. Yeah. Man, so I'm excited I'm excited to get to uh, you know get into this one there, Peaches. I've been trying to nail you down. You're a squirrely dude. Not only cuz you're you're small, I was saying, you know, quick shout out to to my grandma Kilroy, rest in peace. But my grandma Kilroy used to say that, you know, good things come in small packages, but so does poison. Um, you know, you just like J Mac, big party, small box. Uh, I've said that I wanted to get you on and I wanted to, to talk to you about, about your story. People love the peaches, man. I gotta be honest with you. You're just, you're so hot right now. You just get the people going. It's only because they don't really know the, the real make. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, Man, I'm hoping to get into the into the real you here. So start us off just like normal. Just tell us, like we, everybody kind of knows your story, but give me the story of this this young precocious peaches back in the day. So if you were if you're as big as you are now, when you were a kid, what were you like five like five inches tall until you were ten years old or what? Oh, dude, I was I was tiny, tiny. Um, <laughs> just I mean, okay. I've got it's weird. You know, my mom is you know, five two, five three, I think. And uh, and my dad's six two. My brother's taller than me. My younger brother's taller Wait, than me. 
Your your dad is six two. I knew your younger brother was because I follow. I love. By the way, if you're not on the Whoop group over at, at One's Ready, uh, your brother talks a gang of mess <laughs> on there. Like he's every once in a while, I'll post a Whoop story, and be like, oh, 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 guess you didn't win today, Aaron. I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah, when I when I had posted the um, because I was number one because I'm rarely number one, and um, I like it. And yeah. he goes, hey, you realize that. The way that Whoop calculates it is that, you know, based off your recovery, your age and everything like that. So, yeah, of course, you're going to be number one. You're the oldest dude on here. I'm like, oh, all right. That's cool. <laughs> Hurtful. Hurtful, my dude. So your dad, your dad's 6'2". You got none of that height requirement. But, you know, when, when did you know you wanted to be a combat controller way back in the day? Like, did you come? Do you have a military family or? So I do have a military family. I had a uh, I he's retired now. I had an uncle in the Marines. I had a granddad in the Navy. Um, and then my, my cousin joined the Marines as well. Um, and then me, my, my dad, my mom and dad were not in the military. In fact, in high school, I went to go do the junior ROTC and, um, I lasted about two days because I was, I'm getting yelled at by my peers. (laughs) Right. Or, or even underclassmen because I, I didn't I didn't start my freshman year I started my sophomore junior year and uh, I'm like dude I'm I'm essentially you know ahead of you or older than you you know because age matters when you're in high school and stuff but um, right. yeah. like why am I getting yelled at I don't like this and so I was like all right I'm done um, and so everybody was thinking okay well definitely no military for him and then I I don't know I just I'd always wanted to do something fun and cool, always been kind of an adrenaline junkie. So I wanted to do something like that. Um, you know, I, I explored the SEALs, but I was like, man, I don't really want to be in the Navy. Of course, the Army was like, hey, we'll sit, we'll make you an Army Ranger and guarantee you airborne. Right away. Yeah. I got you, baby. Yeah. You'll just have to go 11 Bravo for like four years first, yeah. and then you'll get to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the Air Force, uh, he all he knew about, you know, the old trifold pamphlet with uh oh, yeah. pj on there so i was like yeah that sounds good oh, rt I'm, what's up baby yeah I'm, I'm guaranteed dive free fall airborne survival you know the whole deal and i was like hey that works for me and that was you know under the old program of indoc and this is not the indoc that you know i that like brian knows or um i think you you probably know the indoc i'm talking about when we when we just had comic trollers and pjs before it shifted to just pjs so that's the one that i went through and you know they had comic controllers there i'm like i don't know who these dudes are but cool whatever and then <laughs> we had one brief what their capabilities and what they actually do and then they offered us the chance to transfer and so i took it and there, there was a handful of yeah. us that took it and so the rest is kind of kind of history in that regard yeah. Well, we get this question all the time too. Like, I don't know how many DMs you've gotten. I've got a million of them. Am I too small? Am I too light? Am I too skinny? Did Did anybody ever pull you aside and be like, hey man, you might not be big enough to do this? Because I just, I answer it the same exact way every time. I'm like, I don't know. Are you too small? What's your performance like? Are you able to do the numbers? Did you, did you ever get hit up on the whole short thing prior to you trying out? Not... I mean, I got, I got, you know, picked on or, you know, picked on or whatever it wasn't, you know, it's just in good fun. Um, no one ever said, Hey, you're, you're (laughs) actually, Oh, one, there was a, a, uh, I remember being in trail hall while we're in, while we're in, um, at NDOC and I'm, you know, I'm with Mm -hmm. all the guys 
And I remember standing in line at the chow hall and, uh, and a, a female airman with her buddy or battle buddy or whatever they're called. I don't know. Um, Sure, yeah, wing so man. Kind of wing, yeah. wing person. Yeah. Is it wing person now? I think it wing is. Wing person. All right. But um goes, uh, isn't there a height requirement to be a PJ? You know, and I was like, Wow. Yeah. So I didn't even have to say anything. The other guys just <laughs> went in. <So. laughs> but other than that, no, you know, I and regarding the short thing, I mean, you could obviously you can do it. Um there are yeah. going to be challenges. There are there are events that you will have to do that are going to be more difficult for you. That's just reality. Just like there are other events where you're going to do very well. Um, you know, events like the boat, boat or log carry can be, can be really good for you or really bad for you because depending on how, where the balance is, depending on how tall that team is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, You could, you could be carrying all the weight or none of the weight. weight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I love to like, the, the duck walk, you want to talk about being short and being, being oh, that's better easy. in an event. <laughs> yeah, because you're the size of a duck. That's why you're actually like you and a duck share many of the same physical characteristics, thick in the middle, small to the ground. Yep. Like if you want to, you know, a good, uh, a good crow friend of mine that used to be one of the, uh, one of the instructors at Indoc and Enlisted Guy, he would talk all the time. He would talk all the time about how he hated the duck walk because this is, as a tall dude, it is terrible. I bet, <laughs> and yeah, you know, crawling is. through, <laughs> crawling through the, you know, the tubes and all that kind of stuff. It was like, oh, okay, it, uh, this is not a big deal. I just for picture me. you walking, <laughs> walking through the, through the tubes, tubes. <laughs> just like, oh, oh there's no problem. <laughs> this is no problem at all. I can carry all kinds of stuff. I, there <laughs> so, probably were things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you are at Indoc, and you're just chugging right along, like you're you're crushing it. You make the decision to to go, you know, combat control. And I realize that was 65 years ago, and in, in actual human years now, since you went through, because you're old. Uh, that's old joke number one. Um, but what do, what do you remember about that time? You know, what 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 was the thing that stuck with you about Indoc, even all these years later? So you have your priorities of work, um, and you can really tell a lot about somebody and you don't necessarily know it at the beginning, but you can tell a lot about somebody um, by who they put first or what they put first, what they prioritize. Um, and to simplify it, it's, you know, team, team priorities of work, personal priorities of work. Um, and that's something that I learned and noticed early on. And it, and it carries on to, to even now um, priorities of work when you're on a team like that, or you're, you have a, a a shared goal is anything that is, you know, communal teamwork, whether it's, um, you know, cleaning the boats or, um, putting away, uh, unloading the trucks or, I mean, as simple, as simple as that, um, that's the priority. You don't do anything with your personal gear or personal interests or anything like that until those things are taken care of and they're complete. Then you can go on and take care of your own stuff. But the team has to be taken care of first before your own agenda. And, you know, you don't right. really, I'm going to say you don't really know that coming in, or at least I, I didn't know that. I, I recognized it immediately and immediately shifted to that. Um, but it's just, that is something that's extremely important. And it follows you from, from day one and, and even now. 
it's taking care of the yeah. team first. Well, the strength of the strength of the wolf is the pack and the strength of the pack is the wolf, right? You know, and you know, it's something that's really funny. I've always noticed about that. You'd be at NDOC and just like you said, you, you don't know what it is, right? Like when you see, you, you know that you're supposed to do team gear first. And when you have a really high performing team, we've talked about it a lot of times, that team is doing team stuff first. Like they're putting those personal desires and comfort second. They're putting the, their personal work second. And you're, you don't know what it is, but you know that that, that person is a douchebag. And you're like, I don't know what it is about you, but you're a douchebag. And it's the person that goes to their own kit before the teamwork is done. You know what that is later in life. And then you see those dudes or those dudettes, you know, in the future that make it through. You see those people later on in your career. And you're like, you were always that douchebag that was touching your personal gear first. And it's funny how something as simple as that. And again, you don't know what it is. Like, there's no way for the, you know, the students at A&S now to go. Oh, well, that speaks to their grit, their determination, their teamwork. That speaks to their leadership. They just know that person is focusing on themselves when they should be helping the team. Yeah. You know, and people don't get that. It, it's funny how that's, you know, the magic is kind of in, that's the art of assessment and selection. It's not really the science, like it's backed up by science, but the art is going, wait a second. You can tell when somebody cares more about the team than they do about their own stuff. Yeah. And it's also, you know, <laughs> recognizing when there there are things that need to happen with the team there are things that need to happen with your personal stuff if you have to you know lose 10 more uh, minutes of sleep because you got to get up early or you got to stay up a little later to do something you do it because it sets you up for success the next event or next day or whatever it is um you're just you know (laughs) Uh, right now peaches is hooking future peaches up you know yeah nice yeah <laughs> i bet future peaches appreciated that hey thanks future peaches. yeah <laughs> how many times have you actually done that where you're like man i i'm really hope i took care of this you know and then you think back <laughs> and i'm not talking about you know 24 hours ago i'm talking about months no several weeks or months, months. ago and you're like no, right. I don't. I don't remember so, that. At least me. I don't remember if I did that or not. And then, and then you I go and look, thing, and you're like, "Oh, past uh, peaches, yeah." Really hooked. Really hooked <laughs> me up on that. Right. Somebody's like, "Hey, man, uh, did you ever follow up on this thing, or did you ever file that that piece of you know admin that you needed?" And you're literally just, "I've been just hoping." Like I realize hope is not a coa, but I've been opening some stuff up. Be like, "Come on, past Aaron, come up big for me here, dude." That I can't even tell you how much that happens now. <laughs> so you're getting through in doc you finally graduate right something i want to talk about here is we've talked about you know hey how does it feel like i imagine you like okay surprise everybody it was great that was like a lifelong thing when did you kind of realize you know in the pipeline so you graduate in doc and you're ready to you're ready to go do all the cool stuff because they dangle that carrot in front of you right like oh you're gonna get to go to you're gonna go jump out of planes man like you know you're gonna call live bombs you're gonna control aircraft you're gonna do all of these things but when did it hit you that hey man game time is over like this is a real thing did you ever have that moment man i don't i don't know if i if i ever if if i did have that moment i don't remember when it was, I guess it would probably be on a deployment or something like that when, you know, cause you're training, 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 and then you go deploy. And I, I deployed pretty quickly, um, you know, after earning my beret. So, um, so Where'd it, it must with Afghanistan, you know, cause that was, um, I missed the, the initial invasion of Afghanistan, but I got the, 
the second round, if you will. So it was it was going into that. So um, I can't remember. Like I'm, I'm sure it happened, right? But right. it was one of those things that I, I just don't remember. But I'm I'm sure there was a quick like, okay, well this I no longer have that that kind of safety net of training of where I have an instructors that have set everything up for me and I just have to show up and, and do it. No, I've got to put in the work to mission plan, to set my kid up, to set events up or, or whatever it is. Right. So I, yeah, I'm sure it happened. I just don't remember it. Well, I was projecting a little bit. I was trying to think of questions that I wanted to ask you and I never had it either. I was so focused on the next step, the next step, the next step that there was never a time I didn't really have a chance to look back and really like, you know, even when I got to my first assignment, when, when you and I met at the 321st, it was upgrade training. It was, Hey, this thing's going on. It was, Hey, here's a, you know, I was a PJ for about five months and there was the rescue out in the North Atlantic. And I was, I had no kidding. Remember flying on that thing and just kind of talking with the only other PJ on the helicopter. And we're just kind of going through, he's like, yeah, you're going to hoist down to this, to this tanker. We're going to pick this guy up. Here's the things I need you to do. Here's what your medical treatment should look like. And we're, we're just going through it. And I, no kidding, just kind of went through the motions. And as I'm hoisting down onto this ship, I was like, wait a second, I can't see land anywhere. It is overcast. Cloud deck is at like a hundred feet. We're hoisting me down onto a moving tanker to pick up this guy that we thought had a burst appendix and we had to go get him. It was a surreal, I, I no kidding was just kind of shocked. And it made me think about another story, you know, flash fast forward, you know, 10 years, I'm a, a team leader at this point. We had just gotten into Afghanistan. My young team member, we were there for, I mean, it was the classic, you only need three days to turn over. We turned <laughs> over and on that third day. We got him. We got a mission. Like no kidding. Like we were, we had to go pick up a, a, uh, a wounded Afghani kid. He was like 13 years old. He, he caught some shrapnel during a, a larger ODA firefight. My two ship was hoisting the the um, primary medic and his element leader down and they were going to package him up and leaving. And no kidding, we got back and my youngest team member that was with me kind of pulled me aside and he was like, hey man, uh, I kind of need to talk to you about something. I was like, yeah, what's up, man? He goes, well, I, I just sort of realized that I'm a PJ and I'm kind of freaking out. And <laughs> I was like, what do you, what do you mean, dude? He was like, listen, it's all been like, go, go, go training. And the spin up was perfect about halfway through this thing. Cause we, I mean, it was a, it was not cool. Like we were flying in this Valley and there were houses above the rotor disc. So those terraced sort of villages that were there. So no kidding, a big rock that someone throws at the helicopter from above the rotor. I'm, it's a physics thing, but you don't want to be above the choppy thing. That's typically bad for a helicopter. The choppy so, thing. I mean, active, <laughs> Yeah, it's a technical term. Active firefight going on on the ground. Like we're trying to get our guys in. They had to overland. Like we're, you know, there, it was it was pretty complex for a very first mission. And he looked at me and he goes, "Holy cow, I'm I'm a PJ man." And I was like, "Yeah, bud, uh, we got to go get set." We're really <laughs> doing it, it I here. Was laughing. <laughs> we're really doing it, bud. But I was I was laughing at that story because I was like, I wonder. I never, you know, I never had a chance to kind of reflect. It was just go 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 all the time and. I was excited to ask you. I'm, I'm actually pretty happy to, to find out that you don't you don't have that crystallized moment either. No, so I don't have the moment, but I do I do remember the moment. Um, so some scar tissue, right? Um, you know, we when you're training to be a, a JTAC or a Joint Terminal Attack Controller, like you're on the range typically, and you're talking to planes, and just the way that scheduling is and you, you don't have every asset available to you, you know, you, you typically do 45 to 
two hours is on the long end of a, of a range time, right? A mission, a 45 sure. to two hour mission, depending on the type of aircraft right. and how far they got to travel, right? So you're, as soon as they check in, you know, you're, you're hammering targets, you're working aircraft, you're doing that stuff like that. And it, you know, it ends. And then most time you don't have follow on aircraft showing up. So it creates this kind of, um, expectation that, you know, a fight or something like that is going to last that 45 to two hours. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, when I ended up getting in a fight and it lasts hours and days, um, <laughs> right. I remember after those, I, I do distinctly remember after those first A-10s checked off and and all of a sudden there's, you know, uh, you know, hog one, two, checking in and I'm like, Oh, well, thank God I still, I've got hogs showing up again, but oh, that's right. We're still in a fight. I got to keep doing this. Oh, wow. And, and so it was just, I like- it was just really bad scar tissue. And it wasn't like a thing where I was like, okay, well, it's been two hours now. Let me turn my radio off. It was just a, like, oh, man. I, and I was smoked, smoked. Um, oh, so, man. yeah, it's just, so. I think that's a little different than what you're talking about, but at the same time, I mean, it just, but that's, that's important though, because it shows how we innocently create scar tissue during our training, because, you know, you know, this, you do a, a PJ med scenario that, you know, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll do a, you know, call it a mass cast that has, you know, 10, 10 patients or something like that after the recovery you know, we magically or or we have scheduled a helicopter or something like that, whatever, right. to, yeah. you know, exfil everybody and we're good. In reality, you may need to stay there for 12 hours and keep these patients right. alive or or just to extract these people, the patients. It's going to take a long time. And in training, you just don't have that time. So we're trying to knock yeah. out the skills and, and get the get the things done. So that's another way that we have the scar tissue as well. Yeah, a PJ chief that just uh, just is he's getting very very close to retiring. So Pop, um, one of Pop's missions is he was he was talking about you know he was on a mountaintop. They were unable, so unfortunately they had some heroes from a helicopter crash, but they were just unable to get to him. So he was like, yeah, we just ended up sitting there and pulling security for you know twenty four hours. He told us that story. We were lucky enough to hear the story, but you don't you don't internalize that as a student. You don't sit there and be like, oh, I wonder what that's like, because you're exactly right. Like, okay, medicine is done. This problem, you know, the extrication is complete or this rope system is done and we're good. And, you know, it's there is a deliberate end. And that had to be that had to be pretty awesome for you. That's a that's a great story. (laughs) They'll just be like, all right, boys, time's over. Time to pack it up. And you got you got more aircraft checking on. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. And and also, (laughs) you know, um, the early days early and, and late days of Afghanistan, whenever, and Iraq or wherever, where it picked the place that, you know, we have combat going on. But, um, you know, it used to be that if you called a troops in contact, you know, you're getting everything pushed your way and then you're, you're just going to have aircraft overhead to help you out. There are times where, right. you know, there's five or six firefights going on in country and there's just no more aircraft for you. And you're just, well, right. it's, it's us. It's, it's, you know, the team has got to make it out of this, not, you know, relying on support. Yeah, I uh, there was a time in Afghanistan um, in Helmand where I distinctly remember like we were going on a call like we we're going to go pick somebody up from a point of injury where they were still getting into a fight. And we no kidding 
could see as we were flying out there, we could see another fight. Like we could see two ways of fire going back. And we were just like, it was a very, very surreal moment mm-hmm. at, at that time. So just kind of a, kind of a weird thing there. All right, so let's, that gets let's, us turn, to, let's turn you know, this around. So this isn't a, uh, a, there I was no shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I, got, I was just, I was like, let's get this thing back on and just turn into me and peaches telling stories about stuff. Um, well, so what was the, the people, that ask us questions often don't think very far ahead. You know, they're so focused on the pipeline. What was the hardest thing for you? Like you got through the pipeline and you got on that first deployment right away and you got right into the fight. You you know, it was exactly, you know, was it, was it exactly what you thought it was going to be? Was it different? What was the, did you have any big kind of realization moments where you're like, Oh, this is, this is different. I wasn't prepared for this. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, an, an embarrassing moment was, and I think I've talked about it before where, you know, flying in, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't realize that, you know, there were established, you know, bases or cities, if you will, that, that we occupy when we Whole go in the country. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, cause I had never been to the desert before, you know, I'm flying in and there's just going to be dunes and, and, you know, we're, <laughs> and yeah, the desert is only sand dunes and, you know, holy cow, as soon as we hit the ground, we're going to be in a fight. That is not, that was definitely not the case. (laughs) Right. Well, what about just being a combat controller, right? So they told you, Hey, this is all this is you're, you know, you're going to war. You get back from that first deployment and you had some time. Trent's favorite question, shout out to Trent. He just couldn't be on for this one today, but you know, what was garrison life like for you? I imagine it was a lot of training to go back out, but that had to be a pretty, a pretty big thing. And something that our listeners should be aware of is it's not all going to the desert and flying missions and calling in aircraft and doing all of these things. It's, there's a lot, you know, 80% of your life really is lived at home, you know, doing that work. What was that like? What was that adjustment like for you, especially since you got a deployment right out of the way? Um, I mean, that was fine because, because the way it worked for my timing was I, after I got back from Afghanistan, we waited about a month and then we went over to Iraq. So it, it was, it was, oh, quick. so you had a, a good 30 day break. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, I mean, that was at the yeah. beginning. So, so there were no, we, we didn't have a, an established cycle to where we would go over for a certain amount of time and then come back for a certain amount of time. And in the beginning, um, now we've been mm-hmm. doing, you know, cycles for a while now. So, but I mean, home station wise, after getting back from employment, it was, that was the goal. There was no, um, all right, let me develop you to go from your three level to your five level and your five level to your seven level. And then for, for everybody that wants to know what that means, that, you know, there are certain things that you're allowed to do, um, by yourself as a three level, as a five level, as a seven level, obviously seven level being, you know, the higher, echelon of of skill levels but it just enables you to do more things on your own without supervision at a very basic level is uh how i'm describing that but um so we didn't really focus on that that much because downrange was the mission because we didn't have a whole lot of people so we had you know it was a quick turn all right let me go to shooting schools let me go to driving schools let me go to cast ranges so i can talk to aircraft and and you know, get better at dropping bombs and that kind of stuff. Um, so it was all focused on that. Then once we got into a kind of a more, 
stabilized cycle, then we started going, okay, well, let's, let's focus on upgrade and development of our people. And then that's when you had to play kind of catch up on, okay, well, let me go to Airman Leadership School now. Let me go to, to the NCO Academy now. And, and you start taking care of those schools and that, and that kind of stuff. So then it, you know, the kind of dust settled and we were able to have a, a real life, I guess. Right. Well, and that's where we find ourselves now. And it has to be a, a weird, you know, transition for you as a, as a chief now where we do have a pretty long cycle, like the dwell ratio is a little bit longer here, but that actually causes some people to have, I don't know if it's, you know, a little bit of apprehension. They're like, Hey, you know, I don't want to train all this time. I don't want to go through the pipeline all this time to just, you know, not get a deployment or only deploy one time in a four year enlistment. Cause we, we have kind of flipped that, that work to dwell ratio, you know, the dwell to, to home ratio where it's a little bit longer. You're, we're trying to formalize it. So you get a little bit longer at home. How would you talk somebody through that feeling that, Oh, I trained all this time and, you know, I just trained all the way and I might only get, you know, one deployment because, you know, combat operations surprise everybody. They are slowing down. Like the deployments are not, you know, as as not nearly as fast as when you came in and not even as when I came in too. So what would your advice be to those people that are like, well, I want to go downrange and all I want to do is deploy. What would you say to those people that are looking to get in? Well, I mean, everybody wants to go downrange. Everybody wants to deploy. So, um, you know, even, even me now, I mean, like, Hey, send me, I'm, I'm, I'm in like, let's do it. Nope. But nope. Exactly. You got a You got an E8 taking your spot up out here, big baby. <laughs> but i listen it and it's not it's not just us it's it's everybody's feeling across the board i mean when we had uh command chief smith on the the socom senior enlisted leader he said the same thing you know it, it's yeah. not just special tactics everybody's feeling it so everybody's having to adjust um and and transition from what we've been doing for you know 20 years to preparing for the future fight. Now, whether that future fight is, you know, your, your great power competition or whether it's another similar fight, like, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq kind of thing. Um, we're just preparing. So now it's, it's a transition into developing our people to be professional soft operators is what it is. Um, so what do I tell those people? Just train, train your ass off and be a good operator, like be a good person, yeah. whether, whether you're an operator or whether you're a combat mission support, it doesn't matter. Be a good airman, soldier, seaman, like Marine, whatever, just be good at what you're doing and things will happen. Um, I mean, it, it's a cyclic kind of thing, you know, Hey, yeah, that we've been doing this for, you know, 20 years and it's been the longest one we've had, but don't think that there's not going to be other things that you can get into even right now, right? There, there are things that we are yeah. not allowed to talk about on this, on this forum or online or whatever that are going on that you just don't know about. So, I mean, yep. and you can get into that. Yeah, for sure. You can find yourself doing things that you never thought. And I can tell you for sure, you know, without getting into anything OPSEC related or even making, you know, myself sound cooler than I am, which I love to do. Uh, it actually is soothing to me to make myself, to imply that I'm cooler than I am. It's one of my favorite pastimes. But there are things that I've gotten into out here that I get done with a day of work and I'm like, holy cow, I never thought, even as a PJ, 
that I'd ever be doing any of those things. And those, those opportunities are out there. You just, exactly like you said, you just have to position yourself to be that guy, that girl, that person that the command comes to and says, Hey, we have a very, very tough mission set. We think you're the right person. We think you're the right team to do it because of your performance. What do you think? Yep. Exactly. So, right. My, my, yeah. I, oh, thank you. That's my <laughs> second favorite pastime is being told that I'm right. That's so we hit number one and number two for me. I feel like this is all about me now. Hey, I, I want to, I'm going uh, to derail you real quick. I'm just looking back in your room. Is that, is that Mario brothers? Is that Yoshi? Yeah, baby. Okay. Yeah. You know it. Those are my sheets. So <laughs> a little, uh, little fun thing here. Normally, normally I, uh, I sleep on princess sheets, but this time my daughter and I decided, uh, this is actually my pillow. That is, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, that is Mario's big face. I have a uh, Mario blanket, and this is uh, Mario and Yoshi, uh, and I sleep on Mario Brothers sheets. So anytime that anybody comes into my... Yeah, anytime that anybody... uh, I think last last appointment was Frozen, because I think Frozen was popular with my daughter at that time. Maybe it was before that. I don't know. But I've, I've literally slept on, like, I had Beauty and the Beast sheets one time. It was They were V comfy. I, I dig it. I'm in. <laughs> I totally derailed yeah. you, but whatever. No, I'm, to- I'm totally good. That's a support system. It's important to have these little rituals. And it's always like I'm getting ready to go. And I text my daughter. I'm like, hey, what sheets are we doing? She's like, all right, walk me through it. What are the options? And she was like, you have to sleep on the Mario sheets. I'm like, okay, that's perfect. That's funny how we, how we do that because on, on one of my deployments, I was listening to Taylor Swift, right? I was just, you know, yeah. mission planning, listen to Taylor Swift. And I've got it on speakers, you know. And, uh, you know, one of the guys comes in and is like, dude, what are you listening to? Really? And uh, I was like, hey, man, yeah. it, re- it reminds me of my daughter and this is her playlist. So and, and he completely felt just defeated after like like a real <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, well. <laughs> he was like, going to make fun of yeah, you for yeah. it. And then he was just like, it's like, this is my daughter's playlist. Well, that's this like- is, I, f- I feel more connected to my daughter when I'm listening to this. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, this, de- this deployment, my daughter nerds out about something. So to completely derail it, but she's uh, so number one, we listened to Hamilton, like Hamilton is our favorite musical of all time. And then number two, this time, uh, I watched all seasons of attack on Titan. I've never been an anime guy in my life, but she's like, dad, you need to watch it. So I'm getting done reading the manga now of attack on Titan. So there we are. <laughs> okay. Now you're talking at a level that I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> The the nerds out there are gonna are gonna pop up in the comments, be like, "Dog, Levi's the coolest." Ugh, I can't wait. Um, back on, back on, uh, somewhat closer to uh, to on target. So you've seen that old Indoc model. You know where ANS is going now, and more importantly, you've seen the product of ANS and what this new system is going out there. Let's level the bubbles a little bit. Do you think that we're looking for a different person, even though the mission set has changed, even though the things that we're doing, like we just talked about before Mario, Attack on Titan, and Taylor Swift, those things have changed radically, right? Like the things that we're doing and the new missions that we're getting after, they're they're completely different than what you came in to do. You know, this is not your dad's GWAT. This is a completely different mission set that we're starting to get after here. Do you think the the type of person that we're looking for has changed, or or do you think we're still looking for the same base level person to come into air force special operations. Okay. So this is my opinion. I don't, I can't, I don't know if this is the opinion of, of, you know, the cadre at ANS or, or whatever, but I, 
we are looking for the same baseline characteristics. You know, just being a person of good character, good integrity, wants to work hard, um, going back to the, you know, putting team over your personal needs, um, that kind of person. Um, you know, they still need to want to take care of themselves, be physically fit and ready, um, compassionate to others. You know, the, those things I don't think go away and we're still looking for those people. Uh, I think we're still looking for the same people that we did 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, I just think that it looks different and it probably looks different because of the pipeline. Um, you know, it, and we've said it before, the, the facility and the level of instruction and care that people are getting at A&S, PrEP, A&S, uh, and throughout the pipeline is, is incredible. Um, I guess the one thing that I worry about is, are we, are we setting up kind of, um, a mentality of entitlement? Because I'm going to tell you what, like the amazing things that you guys are going to have at ANS and prep and pre-dive and all that kind of stuff while you're at the, the training wing is incredible. I mean, I love what those guys are doing out there. We don't have a lot of that stuff at the actual units, like in terms of, you know, yeah. deprivation tanks. Um, I mean, they've got so much stuff there. It's, it's incredible. I mean, I was just there a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's, it's wild. Um, you know, at the units, yes, we have strength coaches, dietitians, physical therapists, sports therapists, psychologists, um, Social workers. I mean, we have all, yeah, Yeah. we have all that stuff, but it's some of those other things where like, for example, and those guys get to sleep in bays, right? Open bays, which not everybody wants to do anyway, but open bays, but the temperature is set to, I think 65 degrees, which is the optimal sleeping temperature uh, to get the best sleep, right? I'm not Mm -hmm. turning my thermostat down at my house to 65 degrees. (laughs) <laughs> One, I don't want that. Right. I don't want that electricity bill. Yeah. And two, my family will freeze <laughs> because for some reason I run hot and they and they don't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, so we are we are prepping everybody and sending them up for success to do very well in a pipeline. Just for you guys and girls that are out there, like just know that that is that snapshot of time, and. You're, you're not necessarily going to get that when you get to a unit. So don't think that you're entitled to that is, I guess, what I would say. And I kind of went off on a yeah. tangent there. but It's okay. It was a great tangent. Yeah. And you'll see, hey, don't worry. Once you deploy, no big deal, guys. You'll get to live in the lap of luxury That's it, that is this plywood uh, part of a tent that we've partitioned off. You can see the tent right over there. That's That's tent, everybody. It's great. And you can see that we shove stuff in there so that I can't just reach over and like say hi to my roommate. Like, Hey, Hey buddy. Hey buddy. How is you doing? Actually, is your roommate over there? Cause I know it's late for you. Are they, are they over there? You're just recording. <laughs> and they're like, God, I wish you'd shut it's up. Not that, well, I've got no roof either. Like some of the guys like there's uh so, I mean, these are literally just like you get, you don't have enough plywood to build a roof. Plywood costs $7 million in America now. Thanks everybody. Um, but some of the guys put like have found like sheets and other stuff to make a ceiling. 
I don't spend any time in this room. The only time that I spent, some guys like are, you know, have like nice walls and they've built up, like there's a shelving system that the previous guy built. I'm just like, eh, good enough because I come in here to sleep on my Mario sheets after I'm done working and that's it. Right. Some of these other dudes, their rooms are really nice. Point being, I got no ceiling too. So right now, like these guys exclusive, uh, podcast look, they're getting a behind the scenes look, you know, right now. So I'm trying to think of some other questions that, w- that I had for you. We actually talked through a good deal of them. You know, something that I, that I do want to ask is, you know, we, we look at the changing mission sets and we know that we're looking, you know, for the same people. What are some of the biggest pitfalls that especially people, you know, they, they assume one thing. What are some of the biggest pitfalls you've seen and, and you've gotten feedback from, for people going to A&S? Like what, what's the big one? If you could give, you know, one or two things that people go into ANS and you're just like, oh, you should not have done that. Whether it's a behavioral habit, whether it's, you know, I don't know, something, what would those, what would those things to avoid be? So I haven't, I haven't seen it. Right. But I mean, I, or I'm sorry, I have seen it, but not, not necessarily from the guys that have gone through ANS. I mean, I've, I've seen it from when I went through Indoc to now, and I, I kind of touched on it, the, the entitlement thing. Um, people think that they, they are entitled to, you know, certain equipment or certain training or certain treatment. And I man, you ain't entitled to nothing. Like we don't owe you anything. Right. Um, and, <laughs> and that, that, you know, and I, it bugs me whenever I see, um, whether it's one of the operators, come, you know, go into supply or something like that. And they're de- demanding stuff that doesn't, that will not happen. And that ends very, no. very quickly. But, yeah. Um, so I haven't seen anything necessarily from from ANS or, or anything like that. Um, I mean, it's entitlement, something that we've not just us, but everybody's dealt with for for a long, long time now. So that would be yeah, that would be it. But I am looking forward to getting the new the new crop of dudes and just to to see you know the end product because I mean what we're going on one's ready is going on two years this fall right yeah, yeah. two year two year anniversary yeah. baby didn't think we'd get past episode two but yeah. hey here we are <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you know um so i'm interested that, you know we we started talking because you know ans kind of stood up a little while before we we kicked off um right so now you know as as the pipeline you know two years two and a half years to get through i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing these guys and girls that come through so, and, I and so too, I'll, re- I'll report know, back. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to circle back yeah. with me. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Circle back. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like it for a different reason. And you, I am a chaotic neutral person. Like if you have that, if you've ever seen the chart of like chaotic neutral, I am chaotic neutral. I enjoy <laughs> chaos, like neither good nor bad. I just, I like it. I, I live in that zone. One of the reasons I'm excited to see this is because I, as we all know, am an early adopter of these things. I always look at, I may not, uh, say the positive things that I think are going to come out of it all the time. And I am skeptic as, as a, as a default function, it's just sort of in my nature, but I can't wait to see these, uh, graduates that came out of ANS that came out of the new system. I can't wait to see them get to the unit and perform because I think if I was a betting man and I am, I think that they're going to do really, really well. I think this new generation, this new ANS, I think that we are continually selecting the correct people. I think they're continuing to perform to standard. And when they get to the unit and the sky does not fall, 
I can't wait. I got a group of text messages I cannot wait to send out. Be like, hey, remember all that? Because there's a lot of people that weren't super hip on ANS for whatever reason. And this is guys that have already retired or older people in the pipelines or, you know, any or older people in our career field or, you know, some people that had some some issues with it before. And, you know, no system is perfect, but I think we're still recruiting, selecting, training, equipping the right people. I do not see I do not see this huge, oh, no, the death of the career field thing that everybody was all chicken little about for a little while. Like, hey, we changed the selection process a little bit. What are you guys complaining about? Like, you know what else? Uh, you know, imagine the Vietnam vets looking at the guys that were about to go to GWAT and just being like, oh, no, the death of pararescue and combat control because Indoc doesn't look the same. Come on, guys. Are we serious right now? You know? Yeah. It, so two aspects of it, right? You, you, let's, I'll start with recruiting and then I'll hit ANS, but Recruiting, what a, what a huge change. We used to rely on your, your um, you know, normal Air Force folks to know everything about every job. And I mean, there are, there are active duty people in the Air Force right now, and, and people are going to be blown away by this, but there are active duty people in the Air Force that have been in for 10, 12 years that don't know about PJ, CCT, SR. And the reason why I know no that. Clue. I, the reason why I know that is because when I showed up to the senior NCO academy, right, these are all people that have been in for 14, 15, 16 years, and I'm wearing my beret and I've got my my boots bloused. People come up to me, senior NCOs come to me and go like, okay, so what's what's up with the beret and the, the you know, boots? Yeah. And I'm, I'm – Yeah, this what? is not – dude. You know, so we uh, still, our I, recruitment yeah. efforts now are – significant yeah so wow i went off so you know um (laughs) so now that we have people dedicated to recruiting and educating for special operations is it's a huge step and we have not just people like tech sergeant spencer and stuff like that that are you know have other jobs that have now been trained but we have you know your sergeant thompson's that are combat controllers or p you know your your jay gross that are pjs and and sr dudes that are intact p's that are they know and they can they can speak to exactly what they what they experienced and stuff like that and then so that's that part of it. So our recruiting efforts are so much better now. Um, plus with the, yeah, the sure. development folks that we've got going on that are helping prepare these folks. And then ANS. You know what? I What's up? I've said it a bunch of times. <laughs> if only we could get a T3I developer on the show. <laughs> I, I don't know who we got. Like, what do I got to do? T3. You know what? This is my shout out. T3I. We want to talk development. Who you got? Yeah. Well, I will make this its own reel and I will put it out when we make this bad boy up. T3I, get at me. Aaron, onesready.com. Get at me, dog. Anyway, sorry. Um, get at me, dog. Ar, ar. Yeah, yeah RIP DMS. Yeah. His name's Earl Simmons. Respect it. Oh, man. What a what a great musical career. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That takes me right back to high school and early days. But um, yeah, and then so ANS, you know, I. I'm friends with some of the instructors that are down there and I was just there, you know, like I said, a couple of weeks ago and these, these folks are busting their ass down there and they, they Killing really themselves. Yeah, yeah. And they really do believe in the product and the process. And they, they 100% want people like, so if you're an active duty comic controller, PJ, SR, whatever, and you're questioning it, they have invited you out. They will, 
They want you to come out. They want you to help instruct. They want you, and they'll even pay for it. They want you to come out. So if you don't believe that the the new pipeline or the new selection is up to the standard that you were at when you were at NDOC or whatever you went through, come out there, check it out. Because what they are putting these dudes through is impressive. Um, and it's not, and it shouldn't be taken lightly. Yeah, I totally agree. And again, I've, I've, I've been one of the, the early adopters and listen, like I said, there's no, nothing is ever going to be perfect. We changed a whole lot of things. There were going to be feelings about it. I got it, but I, I totally agree. You know, seeing it at Kirtland when they stood the program up and knowing the, the people that wrote the curriculum and knowing where their hearts were and where their intentions were for this thing. Man, it came from a place of goodness. The only thing that they wanted was good for the entire organization, not just pieces and parts and, and whatever. And they honored history and legacy and all these other things. But we had to evolve. Like when, when you know, when things yeah. evolve, sometimes you, you lose pieces of that old thing. Like I get it. But they all of the goodness and all of the, the things that we need to move forward and to evolve are still there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, yeah. these, these dudes are they really do believe in what they're doing and that they, they are, they are folks that have been through NDOC have been through the, the prior, you know, selection and pipeline and stuff like that. They're not going to let people, you know, just take the easy route, you know? Yeah. That's, that's always been my favorite retort when somebody's like, Oh, you know, it's changed so much and they're just letting everybody through. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Those people that it's not those people, they have a name. Like those are our friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you, you and I were, you and I were on the same team as this guy. You're saying this specific person, you're saying this guy is just letting people through and they're yeah. like, well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, well, but it is kind of what you're saying, you know, <laughs> it is kind of what you're saying. Exactly. Man, we covered a lot of ground. We covered rapper Earl Simmons, Mario Sheets, Taylor Swift on deployment. RIP Earl Simmons. From Queens, New York. Mm. Shout out to the dog. <laughs> Rough Riders Anthem for life. <laughs> Why are we... Oh, fantastic. Golly. I'm going to end it the same way we always do, man. <laughs> um, you know, the same way that we always do is, you know, what, what's your what's your piece of advice? We, we answer these questions all the time. And I know it's probably going to be hard for something that you haven't said before, but I'm still going to put you on the spot, man. What what would you say, Chief Peaches, the 21, is it 22 years now? How long have you been in? Is it I'm coming years? up on 22. The summer's 22. Tw- yeah, so 22 years, combat controller from a 17-year-old undersized kid to now you're a 435-year-old undersized, undersized PJ chief, or, uh, controller chief. <laughs> undersized adult. You still can't ride most of the rides, right? <laughs> but that's fine. I still got to get uh, measured up against the clown. <laughs> <laughs> You have to be this tall to be a controller, and you're just like, I am. Um, when I, when I had uh, a motorcycle, <laughs> another story. When I had a motorcycle, um, I, I <laughs> when I was in the market for a Harley, I was no kidding going through because they have all the dimensions and they have the seat height, right? And I was no kidding, <laughs> <laughs> went with the, the lowest seat height. <laughs> Your leg just dangling. I don't even and then, like this specific, and then I'd have to, so this I got bad boy low rider is the only one. <laughs> So I got the lowest bike. Yeah, I got the lowest seat height bike, and then even then, I'd show up to a um, a stop stoplight or something, and I still have to lean to one <laughs> leg. I couldn't put both legs flat. That's around. why they call you. That's why they call you Kickstand. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that that's your nickname, but they call you Kickstand for a reason, Chief. 
Oh boy. Okay. So oh, advice. That, um, yeah. Yeah. I hope that nickname sticks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all right. There's already poems going around right now. Everybody's writing haikus and poems right now. <laughs> I don't even know where that. All came. right. Advice. I don't know where that came from, but okay. <laughs> all right. Get um, it. Okay. So advice. Um, you know, be be a good person, a character. Be integ- have integrity. Um, always try and make yourself better. Um, you know, we get the question a lot about how do I strengthen my mind. Um, you know, and I, I I say it, it. You can do it simply. Okay, you strengthen your mind. You read. Check out our reading list. You have, and it's on our on our website, onesready.com. But so there's a lot of really good books out there that will help you, give you insight into the mindset and that kind of stuff. But also, when you're training, because you should be training if you're going to enter the pipeline, there are times where you don't want to work out. There are mornings where you're like, man, I just don't want to run, or I don't want to get this training session on. Or you're in the middle of a six-mile run or ruck or something like that, and you're like, man, I could easily just cut this down to four, like, you know, because this sucks. I'm just not feeling it today. Gaining that mental strength means finishing what you started, right? Finish that six-mile ruck or run. Finish that 1,500-meter swim. Finish what you started because it sounds simple and it sounds like whatever. It's not really going to make a difference. If you finish what you started, you will begin the pipeline and finish the pipeline. And that will gain you mental strength. It really will. And very simplistic, I know, but those little things count. No, it's it's totally true, man. And I don't want to over-talk it, but I, I completely agree with you. Finishing what you start, even little things throughout your day, it just starts to breed a habit of excellence. Like excellence is a habit. You do it every single day and just finding a way to push through those days. Man, I totally get it. So, man, that's that feels like a good place to end there, Chief. How you feeling? Feel good. Feel good. Uh, I do need another cup feel, of coffee. Feel real it's, good. it's still morning, but yeah, I need another cup of coffee. <laughs> it is still, I know. Yeah, I might go for uh, dinner number two here. So Ooh, we'll figure midnight it out. Chow. I know. <laughs> I know. Get it, baby. I love them mid rats. I just want to say thanks to everybody that's coming out. Thanks for sticking with me and Peaches in this one. Remember to go check out all of our partners. One's Ready is the code on almost everybody. You can check out all of our partners on onesready.com. Go over to Instagram, like, follow, subscribe, share it with a friend. We drop podcasts on Saturdays and they're on YouTube and it's on every podcast player of your choice. So please leave us a review. It really does help out. I want to say thanks from the team room. Aaron, Chief Peaches, signing off. Brian, Trent, miss you guys. Come on. Come on. Miss you. Yeah, come on. Come on. Get in there. Come on. My man. Come on. (laughs) Light up. Oh.